So that's a good thing. And I think we got the good Kelsey. The, the other guy, uh, I don't know. I think he's a kind of an advertising media whore. And of course, you got the whole Tay Tay thing to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got so, the good one. <laughs> so at least, yeah, at least, at least Taylor Swift got upstaged by a big fat guy. Right. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. We're back again. <laughs> okay. In my typical fashion, I tried to start a show and I had my head squarely up my ass. <laughs> Uh, I have my computer. I think it was new when Noah was a river pilot <laughs> back in the days of biplanes. This is that's when this computer was built. You still have one of those old gateways. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I have I have that that dial up. Doo, doo, doo. But uh, you've got mail. <laughs> but we're back together. Ron is here. Yeah, exciting week. Uh. I went to get my truck inspected and I rolled in there and I went to the dealership. And while I'm talking to the guy about our existing lease and maybe selling the truck, I don't know. I get word from a guy with a very solemn look. He says, the guy in, in repair wants to speak to you. Oh, that's never good. Like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> so I get over there. He goes, you didn't pass inspection. And he hands me a piece of paper. There's no numbers on my catalytic converters, he says. No numbers? Yeah. So I'm like, you got to be joking. That's not going to make me unsafe on the road. It's a safety inspection. The guy says, no, it's in there. So I immediately went to the, the other guys I know who inspect vehicles. Three of them. All three of them said the same thing. As soon as I told them to hit, they all went, that's bullshit. It's not real, but I did find it in the specs. They are supposed to visually inspect for numbers on the catalytic converters. Never heard that before. Neither did I. I mean, as long as it's you know not spewing the, the unnecessary gases, I thought it would pass inspection. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's because people steal them. Oh. And, and they want to be able to identify them. Not that, not that I think the Virginia State Police are going to get all in the lather and go chasing people down the highway because they think they stole my catalytic converter. Oh my but, God. Uh, so I took it to an exhaust guy. But wait a minute, where'd the, num where'd the number on the converter go? If I it's, it's engraved right on the converter. Yeah, but you didn't have one? Uh, well, that's the thing. I took it to an exhaust guy. And there's, you know, they got the O2 sniffers normally associated yeah. and a, a little wide section in the pipe. He inspected it because he said, you bring it to me. I'm going to put a sticker on it. You're fine. He puts it up on the jacks. He comes back in the waiting room. He goes, you don't have catalytic converters. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the truck I bought two years ago that passed two previous inspections does not have catalytic converters on. It's missing or it never had? It never had. Well, it had them when it was built. Right. Then the Yahoo who owned the truck before me did all kinds of stuff to it, jacked up the exhaust, 
gave it that big, loud racing car sound and all that stuff. I said, what's the bulge in the pipe? He said, that's called a resonator. He said, there's nothing in there. For noise. So I had to go crazy because I'm damn sure I'm not going to go to her. Let a repair guy buy that much crap for me. So I went to uh, J.C. Whitney catalog and oh yeah, I ordered, I ordered an entire new pipe assembly, but because it is a custom job, you may have to change the headers. Do you have to have a converter on there? Yeah, you got to have one. You got to have a catalytic converter. So yeah. did you pass inspection before with that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh. You you can't be driving around without a catalytic converter. Yeah, if plus find your truck they, doesn't have them. You're dead. They do that. They do that gas. You know, they they put the pipe up the back of the. It, it, I would think it would fail. I don't know. Well, and we don't do emissions out here in the boonies. They oh, don't, don't do emissions. No, they oh, just. They it's just strictly safety. Okay. In that list of instructions, they have to follow. Um, I have the number somewhere. Well, if you don't do if you don't do emissions, that's why that never got caught before. Yeah. 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 So I had for two years. I drove around with an illegal exhaust. <laughs> oh look, anyway. what, look what you're doing you're not being green <laughs> that's right that's right damn it i'm doing my oh, part gonna, to protest the green scam i'm gonna sit aoc on you that's it and not only that not only doesn't it have a catalytic converter to it's a great big giant pickup with a big engine so you know i'm just i'm just spewing carbon dioxide all over these people i think you're i think you're ready for an ev <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, then yesterday I went to, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. I went to the dermatologist. Uh-oh. Because one spot was looking kind of eh. Yeah. And she put my head in a vice and and burned off half my face with, with the frozen nitrogen. Yeah, I've had a couple of those. Oh, are, they, uh, are they doing a, a biopsy on it? Yeah. Uh, well, they're going to do a biopsy on something they found on my leg. Yeah. They said this was, it could be called precancerous and it's an ugly spot. She goes, I can get rid of it. And she did. And I said, by the way, I got a wart on my leg. And she looked at it and she goes, that ain't a wart. Ugly. I said, really? She goes, no, we definitely want to biopsy that one. Yeah. I said, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple of them in there. Lesson, uh, lesson for our studio audience is uh, every year get checked out. Yeah, they're saying that now. Yeah, go go in. She was saying, come back in a year. And she goes, stay out of the sun. I said, well, I said, this is all you're looking at comes from when I was a signalman at 20 years old standing in the sun. Right. I said, any damage I get today, I'll have to worry about when I'm 120. So enough of this silly bullshit. Everything's going good up there in, in Manassas, yeah? Everything's going good. Yep. Yep. Battlefield right, uh, right next door here. And, uh, I, I love that, uh, you know, love just walking that, uh, that battlefield. It's kind of my happy place, even though it's not necessarily a happy place for me to just walk. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it must be beautiful in the snow. Yeah. The stone house, uh, which was, uh, used to be a civil war hospital is right on the corner. And, uh, they, they opened it up for tours every once in a while. So I've been in there a few times. They still have the engraved civil war soldiers engraved their, um, names and initials into the wood and it's yeah. still there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff I've been wanting to pick your brain about. First, what happened to the to our eagles? It's you know, man, it's like Peyton Place there in in Philadelphia with the Eagles. They they completely fell apart. Uh uh 
you know, after the first, whatever, the first half of the year lost, what was it? Six of the last seven yeah. games, whatever it was, uh, major, uh, major problems. They, they got a lot of cleaning up to do. And uh, I just, I just saw a, a blip a few minutes ago. They fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. He, he's gone. Uh, of course, the, the defensive coordinator is gone. And, and what, what happened was I think the panic set in, uh, the defense is, was not good this year, uh, you know, the secondary, whatever. So they decide they're going to fire the defensive coordinator. Then they put uh, they fired Desai, the defensive coordinator. They put in Matt Patricia, who was probably worse than Desai. I think the dissension started there because you can't put lipstick on a pig. The defense was bad this year. I mean, it was just bad. The offense is very was should should be I should say very strong. And they had that offensive coordinator Johnson, who did a terrible job. And I think, I think what the, the, gonna... the use of the clock and play calling, I was screaming at the TV with these decisions. Awful, awful. And they, you know, they, and all their passes were on this. There was no, there were no passes down the middle. They were all, you know, just it was almost like a, a grade school football. Just go to the side and run. That yeah. was the offense, yeah. and it, it was nuts. But anyway, they. Um, uh, I think they should have gotten rid of the offensive coordinator before the defensive coordinator. And I think that caused some dissension on the team. They weren't happy with, uh, with Johnson, who, by the way, happened, happened to be Hertz's buddy, who was the offensive coordinator. A little dissension there. And I'm just hearing now that uh, Johnson and Hertz, over the last X number of weeks, weren't getting along either. So, like I said, there were just so many, so many issues there going on between the offense and defense. We're firing this guy. We're, I, you know, I have a, I have a lot of headaches with Hertz. I really well, do. You know, I mean, he literally got his contract. Money changes everything. Remember the old Cindy Lauper song? Yeah. And that was that was the week I started talking about winning ugly. Even yeah. when they were winning, they looked like they could barely keep their pants up. I mean, yep. It was a shame to watch, but they were still winning. So everybody's like, ah, who cares? It's a W. Yeah. But it's something changed that week. And I'm, I just wonder psychologically if he hit the blue chip. You know, I got my dinger. This you is as good wonder, as it gets. You, you know, wonder, and you know, shades of uh shades of uh, Carson Wentz almost. And I hate to hate to say that, but it's almost it's almost turning out to be the same thing. Now. You know, maybe uh, his knee obviously was bothering him all year. In fact, it'll be interesting to see if he has to scope that over the yeah, over, yeah. The, over the winter. Because I'd almost rather say, yeah, I don't, I'm going to have surgery on my knee. Then there's no problem. Which then then all the bells and whistles go up. What's the problem yeah. if you're saying your knee's hurt and it's not your knee? I don't know. Uh, I, I sent you an article by uh, Joe Santoloquita, who is uh, uh, actually a friend of mine. Uh, uh, Cardinal O'Hara and, uh, and Temple University wrote a very interesting story, which was mo mainly about Hertz. I don't know if you got to read it yet, but uh, uh, I am. It basically said what happened, the link. What happened? Yeah, what happened to the Eagles this year? And it, it just it went into the whole thing. But most of it was Hertz, and uh, they they uh, they he interviewed. You know, he didn't mention names, but interviewed the team, and basically what they said was, you know, he's a good dude, but he's a prima donna. He's detached from the from the uh, from the uh, players. He's unapproachable. These are the kinds of things that were out in this in this article. Uh -huh. And um, uh, interestingly, Joe wrote the article about uh, about Carson Wentz about a year before 
we started hearing what happened and, and yeah. 100% of it was true. Now, here we go. It's another story on Hertz. And you can believe it or not believe it, but we'll see what happens in the next year or so down the road because he's an excellent, uh, you know, excellent author. And uh, what he says usually is, is usually right, uh, right on, on target. Yeah, I, I, I wonder as a last resort if the team can take their $300 million quarterback and say, if you don't want to play, that's fine. You can sit on the bench. Well, and tell, and tell the networks, put the camera on them a lot. They can I, I don't think they can do that for another year, maybe two, but it would not surprise me if he's not the quarterback after what are we in 24? After 2026. I think they, you know, due to the contract, I think he's pretty they're pretty much stuck with him, I hate to say, for the next year or two. Yeah. And again, I listen, I hope he turns it around. I mean, I I feel he, early in the season he looked he looked fantastic. And again, I don't know if it's the knee. I don't know if it's the head. I'm not sure. I think it's the head. I think it's the head. I think it's the ego. Um, and and like a couple of people we were talking about, we were talking to uh, uh, Braves dugout, uh, Sam. Mm-hmm. And he said it, it, it happens a lot. These these players work their way up to their multiple hundred million dollar contract and they're, they feel psychologically they've arrived and they can't get excited beyond that yeah and the issue i'm right thinking now, if you can if you can trip his ego mm -hmm. and say we got to pay you that doesn't mean you that doesn't mean you got to be taking snaps from center you just sit there in the damn uniform yeah on the headset talk that to the guy that's going to be out there that being said they lost uh, uh a gannon last year you know they lost their offensive coordinator lost their defense i'm going back a year now gannon yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, i guess his name is so you don't know if it's a if it's a coaching issue. You don't know if it's a QB issue. The defense stinks. Uh, you know they they've had issues with the secondary for years, and they yeah, they're they spread out. Yeah, they thought they straightened it out with Bradbury and Slay. They they were terrible, terrible. Yeah. So they, they now they've got to rebuild the defense. The offense, at least on paper, is good. So where's the breakdown there? It's either the quarterback or it's the uh, the the coaching. Now they're firing all the coordinators, and at least as of right now, Sirianni stays. He's got one year. I mean, if they, if they don't turn it around, or at least, you know, maybe get into the playoffs, or at least close to it, he's gone after next year. There's no doubt yeah. in my mind. And they still haven't announced any coordinators yet. I'm hoping that they can pick up uh, 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 Rivera, who just got canned here in uh, here in Washington. Now as Cox is out, right? I'm sorry. Cox is out. Cox he's is gone. gone. He's retiring. No, I didn't hear that. Um, the only one that's that apparently is retiring is Kelsey. Although now there's some question on whether he may even come back again next year. Yeah, my mom, who is my uh, source of all information on Eagles and Phillies, mm -hmm. said that she heard Kelsey retired, and then he started to think about unretiring. Right. Know? Right. So uh, he, you know, he's still, he's still good. I mean, if he, it's up to him if he wants to go back. I mean, he doesn't have to, but, uh, you know, he did not look happy. Right. In the no. season for, no, for the last three, four games, he looked right. pretty disgusted, pretty discouraged. Right. And after the last game, uh, the way he walked off the field, I thought that was it for him. But I'm starting to hear little inklings that maybe he yeah. want, might want to come back again. So, uh, you know, yeah. So, did you see him? By the way, did you see him? Uh, uh, at the uh, at the Kansas City game, he had a yeah. Good time. yeah. <laughs> now there's a Philly boy tailgating. 
Yeah, and, that's, and good, that's what you're supposed to do. Good for him. People were giving him a lot of flack. I said, hey, listen, his brother's playing. He wants to have a good time. You know, they, I love the love between the brothers. I love hey. how it's not an egotistical rivalry between brothers. They love watching each other play football. Right. That's yeah. fun. So that's a good thing. I th and I think we got the good Kelsey. The, the other guy, I, I don't know. I think he's a kind of an advertising media whore. And of course, you got the whole Tay Tay thing to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got so, the good one. <laughs> so, at least, yeah, at least, at least Taylor Swift got upstaged by a big fat guy. Right. So that was cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, okay, real quick, before we, before we get into the uh, political prognostications. Right. Um, assuming everybody's healthy, who's new, who's, who's, who's still with the Phillies, how the Phillies looking this year? Phillies, uh, they, they've made very few, very few changes, uh, in the off season so far. Uh, I think they, they, they must feel that they might be maxed out on the, uh, on the salary, uh, salary issue. So they're going to go yeah. with, uh, from what I can tell, they're going to go with their five, same five starters uh, as uh, as last year: uh, Nola Wheeler, Suarez, Sanchez, and Walker. See how that goes. They probably can use another relief pitcher, although at this point they still have not uh, signed anybody. I just saw I just saw a uh, blip that came over that they did sign a they signed a pitcher today, but I think he's more of a prospect than anything else. Is you know he's uh, uh, his ERA last year was something like six, so I think they're going to try to see if they can turn them around. So I don't see that as any big, uh, any big deal. Um, the biggest issue this year is uh, Rojas, whether he will uh, uh, be able to be a starter, uh, you know, full-time starter. I understand that he's in, uh, I don't know if it's down in the. Uh, Did he have a consistency problem or was that the other guy he was well, switching he, off with? He's a, he's a good fielder and he had a good, he had a good uh, year, pretty good year at the bat last year too. But if you recall in the playoffs, he couldn't hit a, couldn't hit a basketball right so he's down in the uh, I don't know one of the one of the winter leagues right now trying to uh, work on his uh, work on his bat and it looks like you and I saw a couple of a uh, couple of videos he's working real hard at it so I think uh, he looks motivated I think he wants to uh, he wants to be the starter of almost a full-time starter if it's not him they have to do a uh, kind of a committee with Pache and Brandon Marsh and kind of move people in and out but I think the hope is Rojas can get a full-time full-time job um, interestingly Reese Hoskins has not been signed yet by anybody so it is possible that they bring him back on a kind of a one-year uh, see what you can do contract and I would like to see that happen uh, I think I don't think his uh, market value is what he thought it was uh, especially with the injury last year and everything so yeah. he may very well be back it's too early to tell yet but other than that, I think it's pretty uh, very few changes. Uh, um, the um, spring, you know, of course, spring training's uh, what 20, 20 or so days away. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that yeah. quickly. Yeah, I'm thinking we'll bring you back after 10, 15 games, and mm -hmm. you can you can you know look at the look at your box scores and all that yeah. stuff and yeah. And, See if you can get a feel for what the year is going to look like. Yeah, I'm going to try to get down there to uh, Clearwater uh, for a few games in uh, late uh, mid to mid to late March. So I'm, I'm working on that right now. Down to Florida? Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun down there. Yep. I need to do that one of these days. Oh, it's a it's a must see. I mean, you're right. You're close to the field. Uh, you know, chances are if you do the uh, there's a kind of a practice field next door. If you go before the game, you can talk to some players, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Mm -hmm. 
and we'll have to talk at some point, talk about the Sixers and the Flyers uh, who, you know, it's funny how things change. The Sixers, if I had to put them in order now, it's probably Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, and Eagles from top to bottom. And that, that that's quite a, quite a change. Yeah. Well, let's go with that. Let's go with yeah. that. Um, uh, I don't, I don't tend to follow basketball very much. And I only follow hockey when I'm at my son's house and the Flyers oh. are on. I'll tell you what, you should start. You should start following it right now. Yeah, really. Yeah. So talk to me. Talk to me about the Sixers, and then we'll talk about the Flyers. Well, uh, I don't know if you heard. Joel, Joel Embiid had seventy points last night. Yes, I did hear and, that. Uh, set a record. Set a Sixers record. And the question was, well, didn't Will Chamberlain have a hundred points? He did, but that was with the old Philadelphia Warriors. Uh, not the really, so, yep. Oh, so, I thought he was a sixer when he did that. No, he was a warrior. He actually had some, he had uh, some 60 and 70 point games, if I recall, but that was with the Sixers. But his 100 point game was with the Warriors. So, technically, Embiid's 70 last night set an all time record for uh, for the Sixers. He actually had something like 15 rebounds and eight assists. So, it was a, a banner uh, career day or career night, I should say, for Embiid. Now, the question with the Sixers is. They have a tendency to choke after the first round of the playoffs. So yeah. uh, uh, we'll see. I mean, right now they look. When, real- when, does, when does the playoffs start? Oh, uh, April, maybe? April. I know it's pretty close to March Madness. They already start talking. Yeah, yeah uh, April, May uh, period. So it remains to be seen. But right now they're, they're probably short a player or so, but they're probably the Boston Celtics are really good. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the third best team right now. So uh, again, Tendency is for them to choke in the playoffs. Maybe they won't choke this year. So if I had, it's funny. We talked about if we if I had to take the Philly teams in order, they did a almost complete flip. I'd say right now, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, Eagles. Who wow. would have thunk, thunk wow. it? Right? Who would have thunk it? Says, I guess I got to start picking up basketball and hockey if I want to get entertained. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Well, that's that's great. My uh, my oldest grandson, excuse me. Um, is a Sixers maniac. Well, he's he's got to be happy. So right he's got to be in a good mood right now. Yeah, yeah. He and watches Flyers, Sixers religiously. The Flyers have a young team. Uh, they have uh, a good, a real good management crew right now that I'm excited about. Uh, uh, Keith Jones, uh, who some people know, used to be a, actually on WIP, the uh, radio station in Philly, and uh, Danny Breer, who used to be a, a Flyer. And they have a, a new CEO by the name of Dan Hilferty. And I actually went to school with Dan, which is kind of cool. Really? Uh, so he's now the uh, he's now the Flyers CEO. And they have a young team, but they're hungry. You know, so we talked a little bit about the Eagles, maybe yeah. Not, yeah. not being hungry. The Flyers are the exact opposite right now. Young team, hungry, playing hard. They're not going to win every game, but they are really uh, play a real physical game. They pretty physical, pretty physical overall, and uh, and and fast, and um, you know. So we'll see. I mean, again, I don't expect them to win the cup this year, but you can see the building blocks. And I was excited. I'm I'm excited because I've kind of lost touch with hockey over the over the last ten or maybe twenty years. Yeah. Um, but I go back to the 1974 Stanley Cup uh, Flyers when yeah. he was actually at that game, which was probably the highlight of my still the highlight of my sports. Uh, 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 activity as far as actually being there at the yeah at the yeah game. That, so that's a memory that that that'll always be with you oh yeah know, absolutely win the cup yeah and that was the first uh, really the first uh, time any Philadelphia team had won 
anything in 20, 20 years. years yeah. Now, yeah. We're, now we're 20 years, what, 20 years, 40 years later. It's unbelievable. But yeah. yeah. But they seem to be making their way back. And of course, the Phillies, I think, are going to be good. The problem with uh, uh, baseball right now, and I hope they choke, the Dodgers are spending money like crazy signing Japanese players and uh, so they're going to be they're going to be the team to be they're almost like the uh, the Darth Vader now of baseball and I think everybody's going to hate them only because they they're going to replace the Yankees as the uh, yeah I think so they they outspent the outspent the Yankees this year so uh, they're going to be the next team so uh, but I think the Phils will be they'll be in in decent shape and they'll they'll be battling it out with the Braves again and the uh, probably the Dodgers and a a couple of other teams well that that brings me to a question I meant to ask you. Um, I read an article the other day about the fan reaction to uh, pay-per-view for one of the uh, football playoff, one of the game, playoff games. And his question is, is it time to stop watching professional sports? Well, I hate to say it, but that's going to be the future of uh, professional sports, especially football. The, uh, uh, that one game, uh, the uh, which one was it? San Francisco game? I can't recall. But well, the one game was on Peacock, uh, and uh, it, it's a shame because here, here's an example. My uh, my my dad passed away recently, but my mom is in her nineties. Loves football. She loves football. She loves she loves sports. She just likes to sit there and watch them. She couldn't see that game. She couldn't. You know, she has no access to Peacock or or computer technology. She's ninety two years old. Yeah. Well, there's a typical example of, uh, you know, uh, how, how that could be a problem. But I hate to say, it, Matt, but I think we're working toward not necessarily the regular season games, but I think eventually you're going to see the playoffs, certainly the Super Bowl being a pay-per-view event. Yeah, I, um, I have mixed feelings on. Um, I'm not one of these people that thinks we're entitled to see a professional activity that is you know that people pay to see right that we're supposed to be entitled to see it on TV. However, the fact that they can do that and get ratings doesn't speak ill of football or professional sports. Right. I think it speaks ill of us. Yep. The reason they can charge $700 a ticket is because we happily give our fortune over to them. It's it's the it's the bread and circus, but the emperor's not giving it to us. We have utterly, our priorities are screwed up. No that we're willing to cash in that much of our blood, sweat, and tears for jackets and shoes and hats and yeah, football games and now pay-per-view. It'll be interesting to see where the, uh, where the tipping point is. Uh, for example, I love football. Now you have Thursday night football. Saturday football, Sunday football, Monday football. The only yeah. I think the only day of the week right now that there have been no football games is Wednesday, and it's just a matter of time before they have a Wednesday game. So yeah. where's the saturation point? For example, Thursday nights are on Prime, and 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 to me it's kind of a uh, it's a bait and switch. I will pay for this streaming service and get all my crap, and then when I get there, I find out I have to pay for half of the crap over and above what I paid for the streaming service. Right, you know. Um, it is annoying, and Lynette and I are thinking hard about what we want to eliminate from our lineup. Well, a lot of people are cutting the cord, you know, and going to completely to streaming. 
but the problem there is by the, then say you like sports or you want this, you want this activity, you want that. You're almost back to your cable building. You're back to where you were. Right, right. If you if you went like all Roku with a lot of streaming services uh, and maybe paid for a movie channel, mm -hmm. you know, when it was time to get your uh, season ticket or Red Zone or like I watch, I like to watch the offbeat stuff like uh, the Tour de France. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're jacking right back up to what you were paying for cable before. Right. You yeah. know, it, it adds up quick. It sure does. It sure does. So, yeah, we'll see. But I, I think they're probably working towards some pay-per-view events. I can certainly see the Super Bowl being a, you know, $50, $50 game at some point. Uh, you know, we'll see. You're, you're talking to the tight wad of tight wads. That'd be my last Super Bowl. Well, I hope it's not, <laughs> I hope it's not the case. But when you start seeing these, you know, uh, Peacock streams and Prime and uh, who else is out there? I can't even think of all of them. That it almost seems they're kind of working their way slowly, slowly to doing that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think we need to reset our priorities and how how important professional sports is. I mean, the colleges are going to get that way too. Well, you I mean, know, their their sports venues with a little education side hustle. You know, we could, we could talk. We could do another hour just on college football and how that's a, a problem right now with the yeah. uh, with the. Um, uh, name nil name image and likeness stuff and the uh and the transfer portal back and forth it's almost like pro football now you, you know you, a player that's on penn state this year will be on ohio state next year yeah so uh but that's money you know money talks and bs walks as they say I've always said that I could write full-time and I'd be willing to do it for free. Well, I'm full-time and I'm doing it for free. <laughs> it doesn't feel as purely good as I thought it might. It is a labor of love, I promise. But I wouldn't mind picking up a few shekels and yen, you know, a little beer money. So, keep me motivated. There are two ways you can support the P4B directly. One is by visiting Poe River, where you can find P4B gear and all kinds of other cool stuff. The other way is by smashing the button provided just above the final segment. To be sure, not everyone can afford to support a podcast. If you would be kind enough to hit the share button whenever you visit, that too would go a long way in supporting my work. But really, you know, beer money. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, before, before we get into the nitty-gritty stuff, I have a question for you. You brought this up in conversation, and I only saw a snippet of it. What is going on with this pipe bomb thing? Ah, uh, very interesting. And of course, you don't hear about any of this on the uh, on the media. But uh, uh, there's a very interesting story out there uh, that um, there were two. But if you recall, there were two pipe bombs found one outside the RNC headquarters, one outside the DNC headquarters yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, on January 5th. 
hours before January 6th. Uh, and they made a, at the time made a big deal about it. Uh, and there's something fishy going on there. Uh, and I, you know, again, it's still being weeded out right now, speculation, whatever. But I think what is curious is that there were two, the two bombs that may or may not have been real bombs were planted by somebody the night before January 6th and were set, quote set, again, whether they were live or not, it's uh, still in question, about 10 minutes before one o'clock, which was uh, uh, when all the hell, alleged hell broke loose at the, uh, at the Capitol. Interestingly, part of this story is that um, Kamala Harris, who was to be sworn in at one o'clock uh, uh, at the Capitol, or, or at least you know, in that in that area, happened to be at DNC headquarters when the bomb was expected to go off. There are a whole bunch of stories going on out there that are very, very strange, very strange, and we're just starting to hear about this now. Uh, uh, and um, more yeah, and, and what I what I saw of the story that you you're developing for me, and I appreciate that. But what I saw was this wasn't on like uh, you know Joe Blow conspiracy website. This was this was on mainstream news. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, things are starting to seep out. Yeah, and unfortunately nobody's nobody's picked up on it. Uh, I happen to uh, I happen to uh, pick up on it uh, in a discussion that I heard with uh, Dan Bongino a few days ago, and the, he had the uh, he actually had the author there, and it is a it is a story that can be you can be huge if all this is is uh, weird yeah. and, and coming true. Now personally, if considering those two locations, there is no way. They don't have video of people well approaching part, those benches. That's part no of it way. too, because apparently the, a lot of the video is either destroyed or they did oh. a they did a little snippets where they you see part of the video and then it, there's black spaces and then it picks up again and uh, it something's something's rotten in Denmark. So we'll you know we'll, I'll, I'll I'll keep you attuned to what's going on there, but it's a very interesting story and and one that. Hopefully. And Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. With his video camera situation. Right. And, oh, and the thing is, you know, uh, as Bongino said, they sweep these areas two, three days ahead of time. There's no way. There's no way that the thing wasn't seen uh, prior to 10 minutes before Jan January 6th. Uh, and, and the cops were being very nonchalant, very non-urgent people were walking past the scene after they discovered the yeah. bombs. Yeah. And they're, they're letting little kids, a little lady with a stroller walks yeah. right across. Yeah. Yeah. You so, know, what, what would happen in, in any other random situation? They find a bomb. You're going to have yellow tape five blocks away, all the way around the site within 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm and sure. No, nobody in, nobody out. Everybody get away from the. There's more to the story, but the, I think the whole idea is that uh, they were, trying to deflect the police from the capital area to get them away from that area and elsewhere while everything else was going on. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's more to be said about this. And, and again, you don't hear this on mainstream media at all. I, I got to spend more time on January 6th. I've, I've done a couple pieces on it. I don't know if you've seen them. Mm -hmm. awesome. um, questioning. Well, first of all, the, 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 the breathless reaction, you know, uh, it's my opinion that 
folks are easily bought off because it was our holy of holies, our leaders being attacked. Nobody gave a crap on police barracks and police buildings and federal buildings where people were trying to set them on fire and succeeded once and took over another one for two days. Right. That didn't matter. That's okay. Just a little peaceful protest. But because we frightened Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, the mm -hmm. gods of Mount Olympus, they're the ones, if you if you have a bitch in this country about a national issue, they're the only legitimate target you can can go after. If you if if whether you're violent or nonviolent, whatever your message, whatever your plan, those are the legitimate targets. Yep. You know, not a police station in Portland. Yep. You know? Um, so yeah, I gotta spend a lot more time there. Now, you know, there's no doubt there were a few, obviously, some bad apples on January 6th, but you got to wonder yeah. if uh, there was the, the big uh, the big fix was in, too. So, you know, yeah, yeah, there there were mouth breathers. There were Antifa. People say Antifa wasn't there. You can't miss them. They were in their faggoty Antifa pajama pants and their hoodies. Yeah, <laughs> it was, those weren't Trump supporters. And you see video of the Capitol Police letting letting people in. Yeah, go ahead, go take a look and see what see what's going on. And then the next thing you know, they they get everybody's cell phones and and uh, they're all in jail now. A lot of them are anyway. So it's yeah. crazy, yeah. crazy. There's people in jail. They've been there for two years and they never lifted a finger against anyone. No, didn't break a single window. Mm -hmm. They're in jail for parading. Yep. That's the charge. Yeah, parading. Right. Uh, whoever whoever gets in, if 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 anybody from the right gets in, all those people have to be immediately released and their records expunged. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's it was it's a sick chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of jackasses, <laughs> there are plenty of them around. That's for sure. <laughs> they had conservatives speaking at Davos this year. Did you catch any of that action? I did catch some of it. I don't know what I don't know what to make of that. You know, what's the what's the old saying? You know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if some of that's going on. I don't know if uh, they want to saddle up a little bit to to the Trump group who they feel may be next in charge. I, or if the whole thing was a big, a big joke, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a, a good one. I think it's PR. Mm -hmm. I think it's the first and last time you're ever going to see it. I thought, you know, I, I, I suspect these people are elitist. John Kerry literally calls it a gathering of elite human beings, mm -hmm. you know, magnificent human beings. This, this is Kerry's words. Mm hmm. So they think they're special. They thought we'll bring a few people in like Melee and a couple of the other folks that spoke and then we'll smack them down. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. um, and and then the, the PR side is, look, we're showing all sides. You know, right. look at us. We're being so fair. Right. But I think they're going to come away with enough PR headaches now. Mm -hmm. That'll be the last time you see a stunt like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They brought Trump in. They had to bring Trump in. He was president of the United States at the time, mm -hmm. but they were very cool with him. They were, they were very resentful of his presence. Yep, yep. Um, you got to keep an eye on the next. Uh, I would say four or five episodes. I'm going to be getting deep into it. I have declared Davos an enemy. 
of the United States. And mm -hmm. I don't use that term lightly. I'm not just throwing it out there to get people's juices flowing. They are determined to undo everything that the United States stands for. Mm -hmm. I think um, part of it is because in the shrinking demographics, um, that's around the world. That's not just here. You're going to have productivity uh, is going to become difficult. Transportation and trade will become more difficult. And these knuckleheads are trying to make sure that no matter what happens, they stay on top. And uh, we live to serve them. Mm. It's, go it's going to be the new feudalism. We are the mm -hmm. serfs. Mm -hmm. um, if we don't rid the United States of these people, we absolutely, we will uh, uh, end up in a dull gray world. We have the capability to get through the next 20 years while everybody else is really hurting. We can coast through. We can we can come out on the other end just fine. Not if these people are in our lives. Mm -hmm. We have to get rid of these people. Right, right. Um, which brings up their favorite Republican, <laughs> Nikki Haley. Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight in uh, in New Hampshire. I'm almost I'm almost hoping that Trump crushes her and she backs out uh especially now that i guess the next one is south carolina she may lose south carolina and that's her st home state uh, i i don't trust her honestly Matt. I, and you know I, I hate to say that but i i think she's in the pocket of uh of uh, military and and um nah, nah she's not for me but that's that's my that's my own gut yeah the vanguard Vanguard is the banker of choice for Davos, mm -hmm. uh, along with uh, BlackRock and State Street and a few others. Uh, Amalgamated Bank, which is like a, a union kind of bank. Um, and they are pouring money on her head. Mm -hmm. They don't give up money without a guaranteed return. Right. Uh, right now, the big thing at Davos, the big thing at UNESCO, the federal government, all the major newspapers, misinformation. You're getting all breathy about misinformation and disinformation again. There is a propaganda barrage out there about it. Mm -hmm. Two weeks before this happened, Vanguard drops a bag of money on Nikki, and she starts saying, we need people to have their names registered on all mm -hmm. our social media accounts so there's no anonymity. Yep, I remember that. Yep. Well, wouldn't Davos love that? Oh, sure. You know, wouldn't... Wouldn't the uh, the NSA and, and the DHS love that? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, go all the way back to the Federalist Papers. I'll tell you, in, in a free society, anonymity is pretty damn important. If you want to be able to say your say, well, it has, it has two things. It keeps you from getting your ass kicked in the wrong crowd. Mm -hmm. But also it prevents prejudging. You know, um, if... If I say something on the P4B and somebody quotes it, they say, where'd you get that P4B? Oh, yeah, that right-wing jackass. Oh, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. you know. But if it's just, you know, a guy writing, no no face, no name, and it, it, it makes sense, you take away that, that fallacy of prejudgment, and you have to judge the words as they stand. Mm -hmm. um, 
that and I, you know, I know the government's already up our butt electronically, but I don't want to make it any easier on. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And quite honestly, I think that's what Nikki Haley represents. Uh, she was talking the other day about the establishment resisting her. She is the establishment. Yeah. She is the embodiment of the establishment. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I see her as the ultimate rhino. So she's up against Trump. Everybody else has dropped out. I have a feeling about a quarter of those 91 charges are going to fall away pretty quick. Yeah. In yeah. Georgia. That's filthy. Georgia is filthy. What's the, what's the name of the county? Do you remember? Is it Fulton? Fulton? Fulton County. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's where Fulton County, the Fannie Willis is from. Yep. They're dirty. They're filthy. Uh, well, a, lot of dirt, a lot of dirt's coming up on Fannie Willis. And I think that's only going to be just good for Trump by the time yeah. that's over. Yep. And, and where's the Me Too people? Right. You have a, a supervisor took advantage of a uh, of a, uh, a subordinate, had him spending all kinds of money on her. <laughs> now, that to me is is using your power for sexual yeah. reasons. I hear they went on some nice vacations and uh, it's a beautiful thing if you can do it. Oh, they were doing what? And did you see did you see Wade's Nathan Wade's wife? Have you ever seen her? Yes. Joycelyn. Yeah. Would you throw off Joycelyn? Yeah. <laughs> no. Come on, on top, man. On top of that, she's a wine consultant, which is right up my alley. So honest to God, yeah. Yeah. She I mean, that's a good looking lady. Yeah. Um, but I, it's like I said last week, for, for seven hundred thousand a year for three years, and my uh my law firm is getting money dumped on it by the county and by the state government and uh, traveling all over the world. I might have to think about the big, ugly, mean person <laughs> as a girlfriend. Trump's going to uh, come out smelling like a rose with the, with all that stuff that's going on. I'm convinced at least in Georgia he will. Um, what most people don't understand is most of these charges are civil, mm -hmm. and anything, even the civil charges, but definitely anything criminal. The prosecutors had to do handstands to come up with the rhetoric to create the 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 sense of a crime a charge they're just they're trying everything they can and so far he's been he's been teflon because most of what they have is uh is, or you know no pun intended trumped up charges the whole thing down in mar-a-lago well he's dealing with banks and the banks are doing their due diligence and everything if the banks didn't catch anything well, hey he did he did he maybe pump up some of his uh some of his uh costs maybe maybe did the banks gave him everything they wanted they got everything paid back everything's cool so what's the issue right where's the crime yep and and then the and then the, the, when they teed it up you know saying he lied about real estate because mar-a-lago is only worth 18 million dollars you can't get two vacant acres acres on that island for 18 million dollars Anything there, eighteen million is a shack on the, a shack, uh, you know, a mile from the water. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, the I was confident, and you know, for the record, I say this a lot. I am not a Trump fan. Right now, I am a very disappointed Vivek supporter. 
Um, but Ron Vivek, knows. Don't Ron's, worry about it. Vivek is going to be your next press secretary. I, I th that's possible, which would be a lot better than Little Orphan Annie. I, th I, I think know. that's that's perfect for him, and, and yeah. I would look forward to that. Yeah. Um, but as I say, yeah. Uh, so you, Ron has read my stuff, and he can tell you that I'm as hard on Trump as I am on anybody. He gets it right, I ding him, or I, I, I give him credit. If he gets it wrong, I ding him. And I spent a lot of time dinging him. But uh, that doesn't make me so blind that I can't see what's going on right now uh, with all these charges, but, you know, all these kangaroo courts. You got Judge Gilligan up there in New York. But I was, I always felt like it doesn't matter. It's going, he's going to win an appeal. Even if it goes to the Supreme Court, the record's going to be wiped clean. Mm -hmm. I felt that way until this week with Amy Coney Barrett and, and Roberts. Talk about a disappointment. You know, I mean, uh, give us give us a background on that ruling, where, where it came from, where, where it ended up. Well, it's uh, it had to do with uh, and this is kind of the first step of a number of steps that Texas wants to take. Uh, simply, uh, they put up border wire certain areas down in uh, down in that area in Texas. Uh, and it went to the Supreme Court. Uh, and of course, the you know, all the, the libs went went the other way. But interestingly, Roberts, who I'm convinced is a closet lib. Uh, also he's a, you're convinced he's a closet lib, Roberts. Oh yeah, well yeah, he's he's a he's a a backslapper, a gladiator. Yeah. yeah. And Coney Barrett, she's the biggest disappointment. She kind of floats out there like the wind, one way, the other way, one way, the other way. So long story short, five to four, they had they allegedly had to take down the border wire. Now what's happening down in Texas? You almost have a cold civil war going on right now, because you have the battle or an up potential upcoming battle between. The federal government who's saying take down the border wire in the state of Texas and Governor Abbott and the state of Texas saying, screw you, we're, we're protecting our citizens. So it's and both of those sides are armed too. got, you know, knock wood. I don't want anything like that to happen. But you're, you're setting up almost I'll call it a cold civil war between the feds and the state down in and down in Texas. So it's it's going to it potentially can be very ugly. Yeah. And, and this is this is not about razor wire. Oh no! And this is this is not about worrying about the poor immigrants. Nobody in D.C. fighting to keep the border wide freaking open mm -hmm. gives half a warm poop about illegal immigrants. They don't care about them, right? And they don't care about you. 